0: Hey there, and welcome back to Take One. I'm your host, Leah Leibowitz, and today, I'm very pleased to have my friend, a Talmudic scholar, as you will soon hear, an associate producer of the world's other great Jewish podcast, Unorthodox, Sarah Fredman-Ader.
1: Sarah Talia Fredman-Ader, Esquire.
0: I can only do it in a form of a song. You
1: know, yeah, I know. We have a little ditty. I don't know if the real song is is out there yet. I don't know if it's... It's Sarah
0: a- Fredman-Ader. So you used to study Dafyomi way back when? Way
1: back when. In the previous cycle, uh, which ended just a couple of weeks ago. And uh,
0: began in 2012.
1: Began in 2012. um, I decided to start learning um, uh, Dafyomi. And I got five years in. Um, and at that time I was really struggling. I was fifty pages behind. It was really had become a chore.
0: Fifty pages behind is like it's like owing money to the mob, right? Yeah, You're like, I'd, I'll never I'll never catch up.
1: I started Daphne when I had no children and one job and five years in I had two children and I I was also in graduate school. I felt like I had a lot of external pressures, and um, I started reading a book uh, by Alana Kershen called "If All the Seas Were Ink," which is her memoir of completing Daphioemy, and I realized I'm doing this all wrong. This woman loves Dafyomi. it's providing such a sustenance for her, and for me, it's it's a chore. That was,
0: by the way, the moment to endorse that amazing book. Anyone it's an who- amazing
1: book, absolutely. absolutely, and it made me see that. I was not doing it correctly. It really affected me, and so I actually stopped five years in to the last cycle. I figured I might only have two and a half years left, but two and a half years of my life is is quite a lot of time. And my mother continued; she she actually did the entire uh, seven and a half year cycle. And now I'm thinking I have to be realistic. Learning uh, Dafyomi as I did before, which was in the Aramaic in the original page, is not going to work for me right now. I have two children and two jobs, and I'm in a doctorate program. I. I need to be realistic. But between this podcast and um, some of the other uh, digital resources that are available and doing it in English, which is what I've committed to now, I'm hoping I'll get seven and a half years in, but we'll see.
0: So your teachers back in day school would not have been amused to know that you've gone over to the English side.
1: I have to tell you, it's actually quite difficult for me. I, I went to Jewish day school my entire life. Uh, in high school, I had a double advanced gamara every day and and reading it in English isn't learning it in that world it's it's really an anathema because you're not building a vocabulary you're not building skills um and so this idea of just reading it for content is something that I've come around to and I'm actually learning I'm teaching myself that it's it's great and it's I'm getting so much out of it but it's it's definitely a a shift for me
0: and so let's discuss a little bit in in English shall we, about, about one, of, uh, one of the sort of most amazing pages, I think, in, in the tractate, Brachot, which is page 10. I'd like to start and read this, this really astonishing exchange. With regard to the statement of Rabbi Yehuda, son of Rabbi Shimon ben Pazi, that David did not say hallelujah until he saw the downfall of the wicked, the Gemara relates, there were these hooligans, In Rabbi Meir's neighborhood, who caused him a great deal of anguish, Rabbi Meir prayed for God to have mercy on them, that they should die. Rabbi Meir's wife, Bruria, said to him, what is your thinking? On what basis do you pray for the death of these hooligans? Do you base yourself on the verse as it is written, let sins cease from the land, Psalms 104.35, which you interpret to mean that the world will be better if the wicked were destroyed, but... Is it written, let sinners cease? Let sins cease, is written. One should pray for an end to their transgressions, not for the demise of the transgressors themselves, which I believe makes this the absolute first appearance of, of the common phrase, don't hate the player, hate the game.
1: Haters going to hate, you know. So, a couple of days ago, um, you were talking about Reish Lakish and how he is going to be everyone's favorite rabbi in the Talmud and I immediately said "Lial, I disagree Bruria is the best rabbi Bruria in the is Talmud the person. So
0: before we even uh, un- unpack this incredible exchange between Rabbi Meir and his wife Rabbi Bruria, tell us about this incredible person Bruria
1: Bruria is a very, very rare example of a woman in the Talmud who is quoted because of her intellectual abilities. There are people who are this person's mother and this person's sister, but Bruria really stands out as someone who is respected for uh, her knowledge of Scripture and for her um, actual halakhic decisions that she makes that people hold by. The, The rabbis say of Bruria that she learned 300 Talmudic subjects a day, so we think one one page of Talmud is a lot and i'm I'm very proud of myself of this she she got 300
0: Boria would finish the whole cycle in about a month
1: yeah what's savvy lazy bum right. um and she carried out halachic rulings that were accepted over rabbis. And so for all the women out there who are looking for strong female names for their daughters in this day and age, Burya, it is hard to pronounce and it is more difficult to spell, but it's got some great meaning behind it. And so what
0: is it that she's saying here to her, you know, estimable husband, Rabbi Meir, who is no slodge himself when it came to being studious and, and a halachic ruler? What What is what is the source of their disagreement?
1: He is reacting in the moment, right? He is the 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 angry old man going out at his lawn when the teenagers are having a party and saying, I'm going to call the cops on you. But that's not appropriate for a man of his stature. This is Rabbi Mayer, right? This is one of the great, great sages of the Talmud. And she's reminding him of that, saying... You don't actually want to be the person. We we have a tradition in Judaism that the words of the sages are heard directly by God. So it's possible if Rabbi Meir says they should die, that God's going to listen to him. And he's in this fantastic position of power. Um, And she's saying, no, 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 that's not what you want to do. There's no reason to kill these people, to ask God to kill them. Why don't you create more goodness in the world by praying that these hooligans become righteous? Why don't you pray that we add more mitzvot and take away more of the ugliness in the world by saying they should change their behavior? Um, I would assume that Rabbi Mayer could be a fantastic influence on them as well, as could Beria. And she's helping him alter his uh, perception of the situation. So
0: this sounds like a, you know, kind of thoroughly modern uh, exhortation right. uh, on on how we ought to behave, especially in these here divisive times. But the page doesn't leave it there. It goes on to recount um, a really strange kind of like cantankerous relationship uh, between a prophet and a king, Chizkiyahu and Yeshayahu. Um, one of them said, well, the other should come visit me because I'm the prophet. And the other said, no, the other should come visit me because I'm the king. And so none of them actually, right? None of them actually were together. And so God, in His infinite wisdom, uh, made Chizkiau very ill, and then said to Yeshayahu, "Well, now you don't have any choice. Visiting the ill is a mitzvah. Go visit him." So Yeshayahu comes, uh, and they have a whole discussion on the quality of mercy this year. And I want to read to you one of the really incredible things that Chizkiyahu says. Chizkiyahu continued, I have received a tradition from the house of my father's father, King David, the founding father of the dynasty of kings of Judea. I'll read this first in Hebrew and then in English because it's just so beautiful. Even if a sharp sword rests upon a person's neck, he should not prevent himself from praying for mercy. How do you read this beautiful sentiment.
1: I think it um, shows how the Talmud is really on the same page as uh, some ideas that we have in in the Western world, which is there are no atheists in the foxhole. There, people can claim that they don't believe in God or that everything everything is there in their own hands, that there's no divine intervention. Um, and yet when you're in a moment where you really need mercy, where you can't control the situation. Those are the moments when very often people do turn to God and ask for some help. Um, I, I think it's saying something that's very true.
0: I love that. And and I also like how the two sentiments connect together. You know, Justice Breuer reminded Mayer that it is always advisable uh, to consult the quality of mercy before wishing someone to die. So here is Chizkiyahu reminding us, even when you yourself are about to perish, uh, turn to the quality of mercy of God, believe that it is never too late, and believe that there could still be this moment of of great reversal of fortune, Uh, which is hard for us cynical moderns to believe in, but sometimes, often, especially in darker days... Uh, it's something that we would do well to remember.
1: Unless you uh, turn away from Buria because she seems like a saccharine figure, right after that first wonderful comment about mercy, she turns around to a heretic and claims that it's better to not have children than to have children who are going to hell like he is. Uh, so she's also she's also feisty. There's a bit something for everyone with Buria.
0: As per always in the Talmud. Sara Minator, thank you so much for joining me. This has been Take One, a production of Tablet Magazine. If you enjoyed this show, please go rate and review us on iTunes or whatever platform you're listening to this podcast on. Each week, we'll be releasing new episodes Monday through Friday covering the entire weekly section of Reading Dafyomi. I'm your host, Leah Leibowitz, our producer is Josh Cross. For more information, go to tabletmag.com take one or email us at takeone at tabletmag.com.